Takes is a podcast from BCA Research, informing investors with straightforward, actionable analysis of macro and market events. Hi there, and welcome to the Quick Takes podcast. I'm your host, Rakaya Ibrahim, strategist at BCA Research. After reaching a year-to-date high in early October, the DXY index has weakened by nearly 3%. It follows a period of strength for the dollar during the summer months and raises the question whether the recent dollar weakness is a fleeting move or the beginning of a more sustained downtrend. To help understand the drivers of the recent weakness, this week I spoke to my colleague Chester Tonifor, who heads up BCA Research's FX strategy. We talked about the forces that will drive the dollar over both a tactical and cyclical horizon. Hi, Chester. Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you, Kaya. It's a pleasure to be here. So the dollar has been depreciating quite a bit since the beginning of November. When assessing the forces that are behind this move, do you believe that it's just a response to stretched positioning and sentiment and that the dollar rally that we saw during the summer was due for a breather? Uh, Or are there more fundamental forces that are going on that are driving the dollar lower? Um, it's an interesting question, Rukaya. I, I believe there are a few more fundamental forces as opposed to uh, stretch positioning. So uh, one of the factors that we've observed over the last few months has just been improving global growth. So if I just put out data that, are, that have come out, new export orders have improved in places like Sweden, China. Those tend to be leading barometers of global growth. We saw the PMI series that came out today out of Europe, out of the UK. Those were very encouraging. Those improved quite tremendously. If you look back at the data that had come out in October, uh, the expectations components of surveys such as the ZEO, the Sentence Index, had picked up. Yield curve has steepened. And when you look into China, which is a critical driver of global growth, you see things like commodity prices, iron ore, coking coal, thermal coal, prices that have picked up. You also see that regional exports out of Taiwan, out of Korea have picked up. So you're having this improving global growth picture that has helped put pressure on the dollar. We know that the dollar tends to be a counter-cyclical currency. When global growth is improving, that tends to be negative for the dollar. The second aspect that has worked against the dollar has been interest rate differentials. We've seen that as these growth fundamentals have improved outside the U.S., interest rate differentials have fallen in the U.S. relative to other countries. We know that there was a very tight correlation between real interest rate differentials between the U.S. and the rest of the world and uh, the performance of the dollar. And then finally, as we nailed the Rukaier, sentiment was very stretched. So just to give you an idea of a few sentiment indicators, we know that net speculative positioning from the CFT data was quite elevated. We get similar data from Citigroup that was close to all-time highs. The percentage of currencies that were down versus the U.S. dollar over the last 13 weeks, over the last 26 weeks, approached close to 100%. This is a basket of 31 developed and emerging market currencies. And then according to the market vein data, bullish consensus on the dollar was also quite elevated. So this confluence of factors suggested that we're due for a breather in the U.S. dollar. 
Now, if we extend the outlook to the cyclical horizon, it seems that the dollar faces some cross currents. So on the one hand, the dollar has already strengthened quite a bit since early 2021. And as you've shown on several occasions, your models indicate that it's now quite overvalued. But on the other hand, even though conditions right now, as you mentioned, are improving, there is still the risk that the economy falls into a recession in 2024, which is typically a favorable environment for the dollar. So if we try to reconcile the impact of these two opposing forces on the dollar, do you expect expensive valuations to dampen the dollar's ability to strengthen in the event of an economic downturn? I expect that, yeah, like the fact that the dollar is overvalued would definitely dampen the upside. But one thing that we have to note is that usually during recessions, all MDR designated recessions, at least since 1973, the dollar has tended to either appreciate or at best be flat you definitely do not see a depreciation in the dollar. So if you anticipate a recession in the near-term horizon, you definitely want to be uh, long the dollar. The second point that you would want to note is why the dollar tends to appreciate during recessions and why that's particularly important now. Real rates are still quite high in the U.S. And the market is betting that at the next recession, the Fed is going to cut interest rates faster than other central banks. If that occurs, and if that actually materializes more than the market expects, then you would expect the bond inflows into the U.S. market that have been quite important in driving the dollar downtrend recently because those outflows have subsided. You would expect those outflows to reverse, and that is going to be particularly important for the dollars. What I am trying to say in a nutshell is, will interest rates are still high in the U.S.? The dollar tends to be a safe haven currency, even more than the Japanese yen and the Swiss franc. And given a recession, if you have an anticipation that you're going to get a recession, you're going to expect that you're still going to get bond inflows into the U.S. and that's going to drive the dollar higher. But you're completely correct that the high valuations are going to limit how high the dollar can rise in previous episodes of dollar upside. At least over the last few decades, we have not seen the dollars overvalued as it is today. Now, a key dynamic that has dominated the FX space since the pandemic is the strong performance of carry trades. What are the conditions that you believe are needed for carry trades to continue to perform well going forward? So I think the era of carry trades are a little bit behind us. One of the reasons has been that what we're seeing from central banks around the world is at least a pausing in interest rate hikes or outright interest rate cuts. Very, very few central banks are actually hiking interest rates in this environment. In fact, I expected the risk bank to hike interest rates overnight, and they didn't. So what that means is that interest rate differentials, which has been a huge factor for carry trades, at least that tailwind is behind us. So that's factor number one. Factor number two has to do with volatility. We know that most managers, most hedge fund managers, most portfolio managers, make a lot of money on carry trades with leverage. If volatility is going to rise, then you're going to be getting a few more margin calls on these carry trades, which makes them a little bit less attractive. One of the things we've noticed in recent days has been the peak in interest rates, at least in the U.S. We've seen the Japanese yen appreciate. We've seen Euro JPY go down. We've seen a lot of these carry trades that were high flyers, at least for the first uh, half of 2023, we've seen that reverse. 
a little bit. And then the final factor, so you you have the convergence, uh, you, you have the fact that central banks are not hiking interest rates anymore, you have the fact that volatility is rising, and then you also have the fact that if you are actually going to get a recession, and central banks are actually going to be cutting interest rates, then you want to be favoring currencies that are low carry because interest rates are going to converge towards them. So you want to be favoring currencies like the Swiss franc, the Japanese yen, because those currencies have lower interest rates relative to other high carry currencies. So yeah, I think we are closer to the end of the era of, of carry trade. The trigger is going to be a rise in volatility. Well, Chester, thanks again for joining me on the podcast this week. Thank you very much, Rukaya. It was also a pleasure. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Quick Takes podcast. We'll be bringing you weekly quick takes with BCA strategists on a range of macro and market topics. Stay tuned for next week's episode.